Welcome home. There's always room for one more. And there are a lot of you this morning. Balcony's full, underneath is full. For those of you that are regular attenders here, surprise, it's basketball tournament. You guys been having a good week so far? Some of you an okay week? Yeah, all right, all right. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, welcome to Elevate. We're so glad you're here. This is our expression of young adult ministry on this campus, and we'd love for you to consider attending Southwestern Adventist University because we'd love to have you here worshiping with us. We do this every week, all right? All three services, if you stick around, we'll be around for it. So hey, here, we, we asked the question, right? What can we expect of the mind of Christ? And we've been journeying the past couple weeks and we get everybody in the room up to speed. We're under the sermon series, Hope Has a Name. And we've been talking about mental health for the past three weeks. And today, don't worry, we'll get you caught up to speed. And you know, there's this trend that's been going around uh, on Instagram that kind of fit in with our series. Yeah, so we've been doing some check-ins and today's check-in is, have you gone for a walk this week, okay? So the, you know, the joke is like going for a stupid walk for a stupid afternoon for my stupid mental health, right? Sometimes we just need to get out, let our minds go free. So free plug for our Instagram page at this is Elevate TX. Feel free to follow us, but please do so after the service today. So here's where we start off. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. If you've been with us, you'll recognize that this is where we finished last week. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And right off the bat today, we have to recognize that the biblical authors, for the biblical writers, the ones that are giving scripture to us, they unequivocally point out that our thoughts are the beginning of who we are and what we do. Romans chapter 12, let us know. Proverbs 23, verse 7 puts it this way. Our thought, or for he, for as he thinks in his heart, or as she thinks in her heart, or as they think in their heart, so they are. So he is, so she is. And Jesus, Matthew chapter 12, verse 35. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And in scripture, you're like, whoa, 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 I thought we were talking about the mind, but now we're talking about the heart. In a lot of ways, the heart and the mind are, are interchangeable in scripture, and they, they break down to a certain extent when writers are wanting to go a particular direction. But what scripture is offering to us, that we must take great care with our seat of consciousness, where we have our cognitive function, the things that we think about ultimately affect the things that we do. I don't know if you guys remember a few years ago, there was the, the DNA testing sites like 23andMe and Ancestry.com and they kind of were like all over the advertising on TV and like watching YouTube, the, the ad pops up, right? And you can send off to them and they'll send you this kit with a little vial in it and you spit in it and you send it off to them and they'll tell you all about your heritage and all those kinds of things. Anybody, anybody done that? A few of you? Okay, okay. Some of you are a little shy, you don't want to say it, it's all good. 
Well, I, I, I remember it, it was uh, several years ago now. I, you know, I, I began to see the ads, and my wife and I talked about it. It's like, oh, it would be kind of interesting to, you know, maybe, you know, check out our heritage. And, you know, we have stories from family, but, like, where are we actually from, right? And so the ads kept playing, and I kept watching. I was like, you know, I, I, I think I should send off for one of those. And, and finally, Christmas was coming up. And so like, okay, it's the perfect time. We'll, we'll get a couple of kits. I'll surprise my wife for Christmas. And, you know, we, we did the thing. We spit in the, the little vial. We sent it off to them. And, and we were shocked when we got the results back to find out that we were indeed from where we believed we were from. It's like, sweet, we got it confirmed. No, no questions there, right? But they got me, right? The ads on TV, the ads on YouTube, because I had thought about it long enough. They said, you need to do this. You need to do this. You'll learn about your ancestry, all these kind of things. I realized like, wow, I got caught up in a marketing scheme, like a horse being led to water, right? And it's like, well, here we are, right? If you think about something long enough, you will act on it. From the book, Switch on Your Brain, Carolyn Leaf puts it this way. Everything you do and say is first a thought. You do this on the free throw line, right? You imagine yourself making that free throw shot, and it goes in 100%, right? Yeah, yeah, for you, right? Dallas Willard puts it this way. What we repeatedly see and hear affects what we do. And we have to pause for a moment and, and let the significance of that sink in. You've been there, right? When your thinking has influenced your actions, you've thought about something for long enough that you finally act upon it, uh, and maybe, maybe this has happened to you on the basketball court. I know it did to you, or maybe your, your parents ask you this question. Something happens, you do it, and consequences of it, right? And someone comes up to you and asks, what were you thinking? My high school basketball coach is sitting right over there. I've heard those words come out of his mouth, okay? You're on the basketball court, something happens. He's like, what are you guys thinking? You come over to the timeout, and somebody's like, I, like coach, we weren't. And he's like, that's the problem. You weren't thinking, right? Your thoughts lead to actions. Your thinking along with your actions have consequence. And there's a parable that I'd like to explore with you this morning in the short time that we have together where Jesus breaks this down for us. It's Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 through 45. So you've got your Bibles. You can turn with me there. Um, we'll put some other uh, scriptures up on the screen, but this is where I'd like you to hang out for a bit. Matthew chapter 12, 43 through 45. When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert seeking rest, but finding none. Then it says, I'll return to the person I came from. And so it returns and finds its former home empty, swept, and in order. Verse 45, then the spirit finds seven other spirits, more evil than itself, and they all enter that person and live there. And so that person is worse off than before. That will be the experience of this evil generation. And on first blush, Jesus is absolutely talking about demon possession, okay? So we're going to, we're just going to put that out there. This is not a sermon about demon possession, okay? Because I think there's something deeper going on in this parable, and Jesus is using it as an illustration to talk about our minds, specifically about the part of our brain called the prefrontal cortex, which is right up here. It's where you do all of your thinking or none of your thinking, wherever you land on that, right? And there's some different ways to think about our thinking, okay? So we're going to get into the science a little bit, and then we're going to come back to Jesus' words. So there's three different levels of thinking that we have. One you could call the non-conscious metacognitive level. You got that? Okay, moving on. No. 
that's your subconscious. That's, that's what's underneath. That's the, that's the things that just come like bubbling up. You just automatic in your mind. Then there's the, the conscious cognitive level. That's your seat of thinking. The internal monologue in your head, the pictures that you can pull up into your mind, that is your conscious cognitive space. And then there's the symbolic action level. And this is where you interact with the world around you through your senses. You are hearing, seeing, and smelling, and feeling this experience this morning, which is then in turn affecting the things that you think on your mind and building a framework in your subconscious. And all of that happens in your prefrontal cortex. And your prefrontal cortex is responsible for regulating your body. You're like, where's the closest exit, the fight or flight uh, uh, response? It's responsible for attuned communication, the ability for you to walk up to somebody else, to speak a language towards them and them to be able to decode that language, understand it, and then speak in response to you. Emotional balance, response flexibility, empathy, insight, fear modulation, intuition, morality. Did you know all of that happens just like right behind your forehead? All of that is going on on the inside. And Jesus uses this story illustrated by a demon possession, but there's something longer. And this parable I would offer to you this morning, Jesus is really trying to teach us something about our prefrontal cortex. It's a parable about that front part of your mind. And notice the mind, once the the, the deliverance has happened, not thinking those thoughts anymore. I've retrained my brain and I like, things are good. But that mind is, is empty and put in order. There's been a vacuum of power. What once was there has not been replaced by something else. The demon has left, but there is room for one more in its absence. And this is where that does not apply. You see, Jesus cares about how we keep our minds. It's not enough to just remove all the bad stuff and be like, yeah, I'm good. There's something else that must come in its place. He cares so much about how we keep our minds that he wants to help us, to be intimately a part of our journey of transformation. The SDA Bible commentary puts it this way. It is not enough that demons, whether literal or figurative, be cast out of the heart and mind. The spirit of God must come into that life and be placed in control of the thought and conduct. We are not responsible enough to make our own decisions. Your parents already know that, but it takes us a little bit longer to figure that out. Your coach knows that too, okay? Listen to your coach, all right? The way that we think affects what we do, and Jesus wants to offer to us something. And we find that offering in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. God's spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets, No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. Nobody's reading your mind, okay? Nobody has access to that. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit, verse 12. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given to us. And this is what we receive, verse 16. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things for we have the mind of Christ. And that parable, the demons are headed out, the thoughts are headed out. What Jesus wants to offer in its place is his own mind. He says, if you come to me, that prefrontal cortex, he says, we can, we can do a swap. 
And it's not that something that we can achieve in a future sense. That's present tense words. We have the mind of Christ. So then what do we do, right? How do we access or exercise that mind of Christ? I would offer you to to you today that we must integrate our prefrontal cortexes. Can we do the appeal song? I think we got it, right? That means nothing to you right now, right? And that's okay. Let's walk with this right here. How do we integrate our prefrontal cortexes? Psalm 86, verse 11. Teach me your way, O Lord that I might rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart. Give me an undivided mind that I may fear your name. A word on the first verse. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Teach me your way is petitioning God to show us how to live. And not just the kind of life that Dr. Santos was talking about last night where we're doing some things that aren't for the best health of our minds. No, to actually live freely and to live lightly and to go into life with joy. That's God's way for us. And the psalmist petitions God says, please teach me your way. Teach me how to do it. Teach me how to reorder my mind so that I can understand who you are and what you do. And understanding the way of God drives us to more intimate relationships with him and with others. Love for God and love for others. True living requires a renewed mind. God wants to teach you his way on the level of strengthening and maturing your heart, soul, mind, and body. And that starts right up here. A word on the second part, an undivided heart. This is where the integration of your prefrontal cortex comes in. Remember that list a moment ago of all the things that that stuff does up in your brain? That must be in the proper order. It cannot be imbalanced. The wish of the psalmist, the recognition that God can offer to us that integrated heart, that integrated mind, that the whole of our brain and our mind is ordered in such a way that it is beneficial to your health. God has the ability to touch your mind. And when he does, you experience a peace that surpasses all understanding. And it leads us into worship. The fear that the psalmist mentions here is not the one where you're like, man, that other team's kind of big and I don't know how we're going to do tonight, right? That fear is entering into worship of God, recognizing his holiness, It's a part of why we sing some excellent songs this morning led by excellent singers. Golf cart conversation was iffy. Dinan had it, like, don't call me back, okay? Acts of the Apostles puts it this way. Oh, let me back up real quick. Renewing our minds is a partnership between God and us. That's what that integrated prefrontal cortex is. That's the the worship experience with God, the undivided heart. God walks with us in that. Now Acts of the Apostles, page 125. When the mind of a person is brought into communion with the mind of God, the infinite, or the finite with the infinite, the effect on the body, mind, and soul is beyond estimate. You and God together can take on anything in this world. Nothing is impossible for you. And that includes the renewing of your mind. How do we renew our minds? Philippians chapter four, verses eight and nine, very familiar to you. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. 
Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Think about what you think about. It's that simple. Back to switch on your brain, Caroline Leaf. It's our choices that either create healthy thought universes in our brain or turn the powerless lie into a toxic thought universe. This is the incredible power God has given us to be able to think and choose and create reality. You frustrated with the life that you're living right now? You can do something about that. Please, if you're in a very dark place, seek out a friend or a family member. If you're in an even darker place, please find a counselor, find a therapist, a counselor and therapist that worships God, by the way. Doesn't have to be in our denomination, like we'll, we'll figure that out. Christian, serving Jesus, worshiping Jesus. Because God has a plan for our minds. He doesn't wanna just leave us out to dry. He knows that our sin-tainted minds can't possibly fathom the way that we can integrate our prefrontal cortex. And he says, I'm offering you my mind. And if you'll take it up, if you'll think about what you're thinking about, I will enter into a partnership with you that you cannot even believe or imagine the possibilities that are to come in your life. Those images that you hate, those are gonna be gone. The impulses that you feel, those are gonna be gone. It's not gonna happen overnight, but Jesus is willing to walk with you. We can't just sit back and wait for our minds to heal themselves. Do enough meditation, all that, and like, no, no, no. It's an active process. One that God wants to partner with you in. For our thoughts, those need to change. We need to make another pattern. We need to change the way we think. And for that to happen, we must be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We must subject ourselves to God's healing. So what are some next steps, right? Like, how do we actually do that? Because it can be like, oh yeah, like, pastor, like, oh, thanks for the word, like, I got it. Like, what can I leave with, right? Take an inventory of what you listen and look at and the circles that you run in. Run it past that filter of Philippians chapter four, verses eight and nine. Is it pure? Is it holy? Is it something pleasing to God? And if it's not, let it slip away. Just let that thing run away. But we can't just let it go. We must replace it with that mind of Christ. We've got to focus on something good and pure. And if you really need help, if you're in that place that you're like, I don't know where to turn next. Like I've prayed about it. I've gone to Bible camp. I like basketball tournament. I was here for that. Like I've talked to my, my, my school's chaplain. I've talked to a pastor at this church. Like seek help. Find someone that can guide you in a direction that will help to renew your mind. And as we finish today, here's what I'd like to leave you with. What messages are you telling your brain? What lies are you believing on a daily basis? And social media, the internet, and your friends and family are reinforcing in an unhealthy way. Who are you listening to? Today, I'd like you to settle in. I'm gonna read some words of God to you. They're written in the first person as if God is speaking to you. They're gonna show up on the screen. You're, you're welcome to keep your eyes open, to read along uh, in your mind with those words. Or if you just like to sit back and close your eyes 
and let God's words and God's promises begin to fill your mind, that it will be washed and renewed. I invite you to do that. Eyes closed, eyes open. Here are God's words and messages to you. I'm the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. I'm the light of the world, and in me there is no darkness at all. My hands poured the concrete for this earth. My right hand spread out the heavens. When I call to them, they stand together. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I formed your inward parts. Is there anyone like me who pardons iniquity, who passes over the rebellious act of the remnant of my possession? I don't retain my anger forever, but I delight in unchanging love. To all who receive me, who believe in my name, I give the right to become children of God. My spirit dwells within you. I will not leave you. I, the Lord your God, am your healer. I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. I will build my church through you, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will comfort you. My steadfast love endures forever. Very soon I'm coming back to take you to the place I have prepared for you so that we can be together. You will be with me and I with you. And I'll wipe every tear from your eyes and death, mourning, crying, and pain will be no more. Look, I am making all things new. My kingdom's on its way. It's here even now. May my kingdom come and my will be done in your life as it is in heaven. What can you expect from the mind of Christ? All that and so, so, so much more. Because hope has a name and that name is Jesus.